One day to call my mama to remind her we ain't broke. I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. It's a night I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. Look at him go, look at him go. Welcome to the most must-hear sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers. Obviously, just got done watching the Packer game. If you're watching on YouTube, I got my little plaid pajama. Can I? Can I? Oh, yeah, there they are. Plaid Packer pants in the. Yep. Got to watch on YouTube. I was going to go get my zipper up, but, like, I didn't want to <laughs> get up once I sat down, so. Oh, I'm a Packer right. fan, I promise. <laughs> and I'm joined, as always, by Hanson McElveen. How you doing, bud? Doing good. I am exhausted. <laughs> you know what? At least the Packers won. Dude. Okay. For those of you, because you weren't on Thursday, for those of you who did listen to the preview podcast on Friday night, um, I was excited about this game. I'm ex- I was extremely excited when I saw that New Orleans was on the schedule. I've been wanting this game. We haven't played since 2017, and I've been waiting for this game because both of these offenses have looked great. Uh, both of our defenses have improved uh, tremendously since then. And, I, uh, and of course, we get the game without Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams, the two best but receivers you know in the league. We learned a lot, though, in this game. I we think, really did. from a historical perspective. Yeah, and I'll get into it more when we actually talk about the game, which we'll probably start with just because that just yeah. happened, and then we'll move into the earlier slate of games. Um, so, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll get into that before I get too deep into it. Um, but I, I do want to mention uh, a few things before we get into football. Today, we're going to – we're obviously going to review everything week three um, from Sunday. We're also going to uh, preview next week because we're probably not going to be able to record later this week. So we're going to try to do it all in one episode. Um, and I also quickly want to mention baseball and basketball because – playoffs you know <laughs> that's um, happening exactly we'll mention basketball first i mean the finals are sent set the, the finals are set lakers versus heat interesting uh in yeah. my opinion it, it could it'll be there'll be cool video packages beforehand too with you know with lebron oh, yeah. formerly on the heat now he's on the lakers and his second season type of thing and um so that's going to be a really fun i mean okay correct me if i'm wrong because i haven't been following too much but the lakers one in five Yes, the Lakers won in five, and the Heat won in six, five. I think five. Um, who? Who? Uh, let's let's play back the clip from last week. Or, uh, Lakers in five. Oh, good call, Ko. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, yeah. Even when no, I'm not no, paying attention. Right. Well, the, the thing about that was a lot of people said that, but there's one person that could guard Jamal Murray, and it was LeBron James. Yeah. And if every time LeBron was not guarding Jamal Murray, the Lakers were losing. Like they were had a, a negative plus minus yeah. whenever LeBron was not guarding Jamal Murray. And it was like double digits minus. It's all so, it, and that that's how anybody that guards him, that's how that happens. That's what happens. In, I mean, it's play. all about matchups. We've seen yeah. the Bucks versus anyone who has Al Horford. Like we struggle. Like it, yeah. it, it's for, it's all for, about he's undersized too. It makes no sense. He's, like he's, he's not even he's not extraordinarily quick. He's not no, but he's got he's shooter. He's physical. He's smart, and he's got the footwork. 
And that's what it comes it, down to. The brains and the footwork and that mm-hmm. combination, that's like Hakeem scary, man. Mm-hmm. And you, Hakeem and then, scary. yeah. And you look at a guy like LeBron and he can guard one of the best, you know, uh, guards right now, which is just crazy. LeBron can guard anybody in NBA history. Like I can I agree. safely say that like LeBron could, LeBron could guard Sean Bradley, like seven foot three, Sean Bradley, somewhat successfully. I, if you were to give me Shaq in the sh- prime Shaq in the post, I ooh, he would I slow would him still down. Pick, I would still pick LeBron over like Lakers and like Orlando Shaq. I would like still pick LeBron over any almost any center he played against that Shaq played against in those times. Fair. So, and defensively, he played against some really killer big men, including the one and only Jim McElveen. <laughs> who really did stop him pretty decently in his career so i mean i mean much better than most guys did so right um i mean i'm looking at the uh, we we were kind of talking about it before we started recording um the heat probably were the i think that i don't know like the bucks if they would have got going i think were the one team to beat the lakers but they never got going in the bubble yeah. and and so now it does feel like the heat were the team that have the best chance to beat the Lakers, but I still don't think it's going to happen. I'm saying Lakers in six. Yeah. So about what, three weeks ago now, me and a buddy that I see every day, we were socially distanced from everybody else, went up to his his camper uh, up in nature. And we were talking to a guy across the street and he was telling us, Oh yeah, the Bucks going to handle the heat. And I'm like, I'm telling you, man, the heat are a scary team. Jimmy Butler, scary. Tyler Hero is scary. He goes, Hero, that rookie kid? Ah, uh, nah. I'm like, oh, don't you be saying that. Don't you be saying that because hey, it's going to going to come around and kick our ass. I'm so, guilty of that too. I, I yeah. You know, I definitely well, was. And I, I put it on Twitter, I think maybe, but I definitely put it on Instagram comment and a YouTube comment. I talked to Jordan McCabe about it too. Um, there's, like, there's no, there's no ceiling to Tyler Hero's game which is really scary because mm-hmm. I've, I've played against him in his younger two years in high school. I played against him as a freshman and sophomore. And that kid was at a freshman or sophomore played like he was a senior and he had the balls of a senior and the confidence level that he had at that age against the guys that he was playing against carries over an equivalent to where he is at right now in the NBA. He's For playing sure. at the confidence level of a five-star all-star which when you're playing confident, your shots go in. So I don't know if he was like, I don't, I don't know how he does that with his brain. I think he just like pretends like some shit's not happening and then just plows through. Cause that's what you have to do. You have to get rid of the distractions. Mm-hmm. So he, mental toughness is his key. He's an asshole, but he, he can back it up, you know? And it, it's really hard to say, man, I really hate that kid. He's such an asshole but he's really good and he's yeah. going to be that asshole for sure. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a fun series to watch. I'll probably start tuning in again. Um, I, I, I'm going to go heat and seven though, because I, I know that's kind of crazy, but bam out of bio can stop AD. Mm-hmm. Like they have the defensive power to stop AD. And I, I think Jay Crowder and Andre Guadala create a really big issue for the at, at least at the same level in the Lakers depth chart that those guys are at on the heat depth chart, they are much better. At least they've been performing much better 
And I think Duncan Robinson's going to be a nuisance to defend because he's been letting go of that ball like Ray Allen because he's already down in his jump shot release when he's got the ball in his hand. So he cuts his jump shot time in half, Mm -hmm. which when you're slacking off and the ball, you're moving the ball all the way around the perimeter, the defenders can't react in time to get to the shot because he's already halfway through it and it's already going up and in. So, well, and another thing too is to keep an eye on how. Like Jimmy Butler, we know, is a great defender and he can be pesky. And yeah. we've seen him against LeBron. And you also add in Andre Iguodala, who's also uh, been a problem and for Jake LeBron. Crowder. I mean, yeah. you there's those are three guys and Tyler Hero in Spurts has even had a little bit of success against guarding LeBron this year. So I mean, it, we've even seen Duncan Robinson guard LeBron somewhat mm-hmm. decently. So it's not like I mean, very few games we've seen Miami play LA this year. So it, it'll be interesting to see what the defensive approach is. It wouldn't surprise me if, if Spolstra comes out in some sort of box, like they or like a, a zone spread where they do like a, a double focus on LeBron and they stick out of bio, like glued to AD. And then they have like two guys kind of like focusing on the other three. So like the shooters kind of like in a zone form. Because mm-hmm. Eric Spolster knows how to guard LeBron James. He coached him. Obviously. Nobody yeah. knows really knows him better besides, I mean, Pat Riley and Eric Spolster know him the best out of almost anybody. So I uh, I have confidence that Spolster is going to come out with a wicked defensive game plan. I think it's I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and speaking it's of playoffs, be a chess battle, such a chess oh, battle for sure. And uh, sticking with the postseason theme, obviously the MLB playoffs have been finalized after today's regular season wrap up. Oh yeah, that's still happening. It is still happening, and <laughs> yeah. which I completely forgot about. Basically, totally, me too. I kind of gave up once football started, but yep. I, I apparently I didn't need to because the Brewers squeaked their way in somehow. Um, and it's the first time in franchise history that they've gone three years in a row in the playoffs. So good for yeah. them. Go small taking, market, man. Taking advantage of the extended playoffs. <laughs> you know, Wisconsin sports, how many years in a row are three major sports teams going to make the playoffs now? Yeah. I mean, and let's be lose just about every game from here on out. It kind of looks like we're going to make the playoffs for the Packers this year too. So, I mean, I'm going to knock some, on wood I mean, for you, but knock on wood, but like that, I mean, we can come back to this in 10 weeks and you can kick, kick my ass about it, but I'm pretty comfortable that we're going to make the playoffs with the way Aaron Rodgers is playing. Right. Even if Brett Hundley had to play right now for us, yeah. I still think we'd make the playoffs with yeah. the way our defense is. Um, so, I mean, just quickly, obviously, I, the, I I even went and filled out the little playoff predictor bracket that, that MLB has. Um, oh, and yeah. I, actually, I actually have Tampa Bay versus San Diego as my World Series. And I think I picked San Diego wow. in six six games. I think that's like the least appealing World Series ever. You you say that, like but you at least like market wise. No, absolutely. Like roster wise, it's a little different. But they have been, in my opinion, the two best teams at least over the last thirty days and the last two months, like th- th- through the second half of the season. Tampa Bay and actually San Diego too. Now that I think about, it, they both kind of put money ball type rosters together, mm-hmm. like especially Tampa Bay. Well, I mean, San Diego dropped that huge contract on Manny Machado, but yeah, they have that, a lot of young. That's why I say kind of. <laughs> right. But they have a lot of young guys, and they made a lot of moves yeah. too. They they really stacked up their pitching, um, which I, especially their bullpen. Their bullpen's fucking crazy. Um, so especially if they get Mike Clevinger back uh, pretty quickly, I think the Padres are going to be great. Obviously, Tampa Bay they've been playing good ball. Um, watch out for the Sox to maybe get hot again, yeah. but they've kind of been struggling. 
I mean, so, and you you never know with the Yankees too with their bats mm-hmm. heat up like yeah. that's just that's horrifying for an opposing pitching staff. Yeah, so we'll probably briefly talk about that as uh, that gets going too. But uh, let's talk about football because we have a lot to talk about. Obviously, we're going to start in New Orleans as the Green Bay Packers took down the Saints 37 to 30. It was great. I mean, it was a great game. I'll let you go first before I kind of rant. Yeah, um, a couple things. uh, Lazard should have gotten to the end zone. He's a little bitch for not making it all the way. That's three weeks now. I mean, that's three plays in three weeks that he has caught the ball and landed yeah, inside the five. Said, yeah. Oh, I, oh. The speed just, I don't know, something was wrong with his footing or something. He, you know the what? Speed was gone. It's all good. At least he caught it, you know? Mm-hmm. Speaking exactly. of catching it, our, our nice young tight end got a couple of receptions, which were nice. Um, Jace. And one of them at least ended up being pretty, pretty important. They they for both sure. didn't end up really adding amounting anything at the end of the drive, but you know, good for him. He he caught the ball and then ran, which is something he did the opposite of last week. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, Lazard looked pretty solid. Um, but I, I think what the Packers are starting to do a good job of is their weapons are starting to show what they're capable of, and that's forcing defenses to play them a little tougher, and that's forcing some penalties, and it's starting to distract. Away, let's like your defenses aren't running necessarily running zones anymore on the Packers. They kind of have to start running man defenses because they can't afford to run a zone with the way Aaron Rodgers can throw a ball in between defenders, mm. with the way these guys are running routes. Like Lazard might be one of the fastest wide receivers in the like top five in the league right now on some of these long ball plays that he's got. Oh my goodness, like. The one that he had where he fell right inside the the five yard line once again. Mm-hmm. He the afterburners just lit. Um, but this really came down to Aaron Rodgers, just a badass. Like that's really that, and that's what's coming. That's what this season is. This is the Aaron Rodgers like badass tour. Like he's just going around and showing the league why he's the best there is, and. He might be at the top of the quarterback list when all things are said and all said and done. So, I mean, depending on how Brady ends his career, there's going to be people that are going to put Rodgers above Brady, even with Brady with having so many rings, just because of the way Belichick is winning with Cam Newton mm-hmm. now. Well, especially because that conversation is already happening too. And yeah. Yeah. especially the way he, I mean, the, he's got nine touchdowns and no interceptions on the season so far. I mean, he's got, I think he's over a thousand yards already. And it's not like he, the first time he's done that either. Like, no, th- this is, um, this is regular Aaron Rodgers at this point. Like we almost expect it. If he throws an interception, we're all like taken aback by it. at this. It's point. big. Yeah, I know. I think he had two last year and I think one and, of them we was were tipped all up. Shocked. Yeah, and one of them was like a mistake. And mm-hmm. weren't they were they both in the same game or were they like back to back weeks or something like that? You know, I they might they have been close in proximity because I remember it being you know, I think I'm thinking of two years ago. He might have had three or four last year, but I know that like three of them came in two games against uh what was San Diego and uh San Francisco, both yeah. where we struggled in those games. Um yeah, I mean this game was just uh, I, I talked about it the, like this was this was going to show the better team because it wasn't, you know, can the Packers stop Michael Thomas and can the Saints stop um, Devontae Adams? It was who can make up for that, who's going to step up and which team can overcome losing their top weapon. And it was obviously the Packers, the Packers. Yeah. And, and we saw the Saints struggle without Thomas last week too. 
and we see the Packers come in here. Alan Lazard stepped up as their number one guy. Thank God I got him on waivers this week and started him <laughs> over Devontae. Holy shit. Um, he, had a, he had a good week for you. He had, a, he had an amazing week. I definitely won in fantasy. Um, so that's good. I'm feeling good about the belt again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the, we obviously saw the Saints struggle last week, and it continued yeah. into this week where they can't really get their offense going. And we keep – the people keep bringing up Drew Brees and he's not thrown deep. He and looked a lot better this week though. He did, but his deep balls don't look good. No, but it, like the commentators were kind of drilling into everyone's heads. He doesn't need to, when he no. dumps off Ellen Kamara had like 140 yards after the catch. Like th- th- when you have that guy, you don't need to throw deep. And I, I I'm probably repeating everything Chris Collinsworth said already, but he made no. a lot of good points. The way that Kamara just was getting around defenders just just walked right into the end zone, basically. Because the way he effortlessly runs, too, is, like, also kind of – oh, it's awful. I hate watching it from the other side. But, yeah, he was so almost impossible to stop today mm-hmm. for us. And I talk about, you know, people step, like Lazard stepping up, Jay Sternberger yeah. stepping up, Mercedes Lewis, my favorite yeah. stat, my favorite stat. Aaron Rodgers in his career has two touchdown passes – that have gone to a receiver that has been drafted in the first round. And both of those touchdowns are to Mercedes Lewis. Lewis. Wow. That's it. That, that's just a testament to the Packers. It's a testament to Aaron Rodgers. That too. That <laughs> if too. I, you know, and, and that brings up the conversation of that's why we drafted Jordan Love. We don't yeah. necessarily need. So, I mean, again, I'm all over if the place on that If you give any decision. quarterback five years with Aaron Rodgers in a, in a system like the Green yeah. Bay organization, oh, my goodness. <clears throat> And but I, what I, I was hinting at earlier, the, the historical significance of this game, this shows what Aaron Rodgers can do. Basically, at the same age as Drew Brees, maybe a couple years younger, right? Like two years younger? Yeah, like he's a few years younger, maybe three if I had to guess. Regardless, basically at the same point in their career, their teams are basically at the same point right now. I mean, I mean, really, they are at the same point right now. They're, no, they're yeah, both absolutely. Super Bowl contending teams. They had their number one receiver out. Defenses only, are pretty solid. And they're the only difference is the coaching. Diff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it shows you that Aaron Rodgers is, is steps above Drew Brees. They're both historically Hall of Fame great quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Rodgers is like not like one or two. Like he's like three steps above, above Drew Brees on like the historical – like yeah. change especially after tonight like that was that was wild and 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 i talk about stepping up and we look at the defensive side of the ball too we didn't have kenny clark again in the middle nope. but kingsley kiki the guy we drafted two sacks maybe did we draft him last year or this year i don't know but he had a he had a strip sack which they ended up recovering but he also had yep. another those were his first two sacks of the seat maybe career sacks i think um again he might be a rookie this year i'm not i'm struggling to remember when we drafted him but um his first two career sacks, he stepped up in the middle. And after Kamara had a really big, you know, first half, our our linebackers, after Christian Kirksey went down with a shoulder injury, Ty Summers, who had never seen a snap in the NFL, comes in, he becomes the play caller. And he he actually made some really good tackles. He made a couple lo- uh, uh, tackles for loss. And um, another, I can't even remember the guy's name because he's an undrafted free agent who also stepped in. He was making plays. Oren Burks, who we drafted a few seasons ago, he was like they were tackling 
uh, Alvin Kamara in the fourth quarter. And they like they were making good plays throughout the second half. Um, so it was really cool to see that defense step up. Zadarius Smith, obviously, he was slowed down a lot. They were because the Saints watched their film, they knew to run at him. And yeah. he wasn't making an impact until he made an impact with the strip sack that really that got yeah. the ball back. Um, and and we obviously have to mention the Packers and Aaron Rodgers got lucky that the that there are no fans in New Orleans because yeah. Aaron took advantage of the snap count there for sure. And so. we're I'm going to talk about that in a couple other games too because there's some mm-hmm. other quarterbacks really using that to their advantage right now. For sure. Um, but yeah, overall great win for the Packers. Um, I I felt confident in this game. I was excited for this game. And it, it, it's just it's just so fun to watch. Rough like, week it, for Louisiana sports. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. rough week for sports in 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 the borough specifically. <laughs> You're probably right. All right, you wanted <laughs> you wanted to talk about why can't I find this game? You wanted to talk about San Francisco and New York. I also kind of want to mention a couple things, but I'll let you have the floor. Yeah, well, I'll start with the Giants. Their best players, their kicker. Um, I mean, which, I mean, Daniel Jones just can't pass for, I mean, he okay. Like he looked so, okay. Full confession. The noon games didn't watch. I watched a lot of highlights from the noon games. There's a couple games. I barely even saw anything, but this game, I watched a lot of highlights there. The wow. What's his name? (laughs) Jones. Danny Dimes. Dimes. Danny Danny Dimes. Dimes. What's his name? Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. That's his name. <laughs> That's he, his real name. He, he he looked good. He made a few bad passes and he threw a couple interceptions, but like the run the designed runs were actually really effective. The, like this offense in the first quarter, they were hanging with the San Francisco team. But what I learned from this game specifically is that I mean, San Francisco is just a well-run team. It doesn't matter who's playing. Like, Nick Mullins was looking like Jimmy Garoppolo. Literally, and- that was right here, like, in my notes. I'm like, literally any, like, quarterback that's competent, you could put in a 49ers mm-hmm. jersey and they're going to and- win a game. And don't get me wrong, like Nick Mullins was making, he made a lot of good throws, actually. Yeah, actually, his arm slot is amazing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize, like, the reason why Russell Wilson can be successful at his height is because he throws the ball kind of up, but when he throws side, like, he can get it out. But normally, mm-hmm. his arm slot's up. Well, and Aaron, I mean, Mullins, too, that's how he gets air yeah. under it. He throws so super high up. Yeah, yeah. And Mullins was throwing, like, above his head. Like, and it was really impressive the way he was, like, Aaron Rodgers flicking the ball, like, you know, those mm-hmm. eight to ten yard passes. So, I – they're totally fine if Garoppolo needs some time to heal, obviously. So, I mean, they also put the Giants without Saquon, but. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. The Giants, I, they have a good young offense, and especially when Saquon's on the field. I don't know what the future is for Saquon there um, because there's been rumblings. Well, especially who knows mm-hmm. now with the injury. You know, exactly. he could be stuck there now because nobody's going to want him. We're done talking Packers. The bucket hat's coming off. It's really <laughs> warm. Um but yeah, I mean, th- that was my main takeaway was that, that, I mean, just the coaching staff in San Francisco is just ridiculous. Like this defense is yeah. still going to be decent enough to keep them in games, even with all the injuries that they have. And Nick Mullins in this running game, it, especially when Mostert comes back, like the, San Francisco is still going to compete. Uh, I don't know how long Garoppolo's out. I haven't looked at that yet. I haven't seen any reports, but uh, this team's so, still going to compete. Does it matter really, honestly, like, I mean, I would still, I would still rather have Garoppolo than Mullins. Well, now I'm really curious to see what Garoppolo would look like in a different system because I, I don't think Garoppolo would be much of a good quarterback. Well, that's the thing. The other system we've seen him in have success in was the, was the, uh, the Patriots. Yeah. So like the, he's had good coaching staff, so he's, hey, been, he's been blessed. They, yeah. 
very um very structured coaching systems right all right uh bears falcons i want to talk about this one for sure <laughs> so. okay so i i have a note i i want to throw in there really quick because i heard the Go commentator mention it, it. Go for it. All right, so the Falcons are literally the least lucky team in NFL history. Two weeks in a row now, they've had a plus 95% chance of winning the game and lost. 99 last week in the fourth quarter and 98 this week in the, in the, the fourth quarter. Yeah, so that uh, – and just to top it all off, fuck the Bears. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm so sorry for Eagles fans after watching Nick Foles come out and play complete badass because Carson Wentz literally took a dookie on the field today. And if there were actually fans in Philly, he might not have walked off that field alive. I've been saying it for three years now. And I mean, this is the third year. The bears have 21 good starters. (laughs) Nick Foles might be their starting quarterback next week. Now they might have 22. Now they might have a good, like the bears if Nick Foles is still starting, which he should be, obviously, after this game. Like, I hope not. I well, yeah. Hope not. And knowing the Bears will probably still start Mitch because he's their little lucky boy. But they should start Nick Foles. I mean, the fact that – because, again, this is one of the games I didn't really get to see anything from. But from my understanding, Nick Foles came in in the third quarter. I don't know if it yep. was right after halftime, but he, he came in and – they won. I mean, they were down what, like thirty to six or something like that, or twenty six to six, probably. I guess. But um, yeah. I mean, he came in and threw three touchdowns. He still yeah, had the so interception. Trubisky's first half was thirteen for twenty two, one twenty eight, a touchdown and interception. Full's second half was sixteen for twenty nine, one hundred and eighty eight yards, three touchdowns and interception. Uh, I'm no math whiz, but there's one that has higher numbers than the other, and I want that one, and it's not. Little Mitch, Mitch. It's kind of interesting because Trubisky's completion percentage is actually better. If I if my math is correct, yes. But if we're talking about a game manager, no, absolutely. And, I mean, and, you and want that's results. That's where the extra two touchdowns come in. You know, you want results. Like obviously, what Grappolo threw like seven passes in a playoff game last yeah. year. You're not you're not necessarily looking for stats. You're looking for results. And Nick Foles is a proven winner. He's a Super Bowl mm-hmm. winner. Like, and this guy, I, I think he, in my opinion, he should have had the job. But now I think he's actually won the job, and I think the Bears are going to be a, a threat now. They're 3-0. and I, I think they're going to be a threat in this division. Obviously, the Vikings and the Lions aren't. Well, the Lions may – I don't know what they are anymore, but, I mean, the Vikings aren't going to be. Um, they're a fucking nuisance. That's what the Lions are. Yeah, they're the exactly. parasite that's trying to get at everybody that's trying to make the playoffs. I mean, that's how they have been for a while now. Yeah, and yeah. as far as the Falcons go, like, their offense is great, but their I'm defense barely, and their – You know what? They, he looks good. Yeah. Todd Gurley looks really good. And so does Calvin Ridley, who is my other receiver. Yeah. Like uh Calvin and, Ridley and, looks really good. <laughs> and listen, if you're the if you're the if you're Atlanta, you need to figure out this late game stuff next or, or, like within the next week. Oh. Well, I guess they have eight days. Because you if you're someone with a crystal ball, that's what you need. If you're up in the fourth quarter against Aaron Rodgers. After you just lost to Nick Foles and Dak Prescott. You're not going to win. I don't see a way that the Falcons can win after these last two weeks. No. Like, that Monday night game, I mean, it, uh, it's going to be interesting. The Falcons need to figure something out. I it, At this point, it's like clock management type of thing, and it's play calling, and it's fourth quarter, like, game control. 
it that's coaching is it not like uh, dan quinn's got to go in my opinion and and that that's been something that's been talked about obviously the last couple of weeks with them not winning any games yet this season so i i think quinn's out probably by if not by mid next week he might be out by the week after if they're not winning the like, Falcons are the Falcons are twenty six and twenty nine since losing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's just not acceptable. Nope. With Matt Ryan as your quarterback, you have to have a winning record, especially now with Todd with Todd Gurley. Like, with let me rephrase that: with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones on your roster, and now Calvin can, Ridley, and, like, and now Calvin Ridley. I mean, and Todd Gurley, like mm-hmm. you have no excuse to be sub five hundred. Now I understand Todd Gurley is a recent pickup, and Calvin Ridley is also somewhat recent. But, uh, I think this is Ridley's third season. Never mind. Fuck, fuck what I say. I'm never right. <laughs> um, that's what we got you for. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but regardless, I mean, there's just no excuse when you're that good. I mean, no. we see, like, we see this in other sports too all the time. Like in the NBA right now with Philadelphia, they've got all this talent. They yeah. can't figure it out. Boston, I would even say too. Um, yeah, more or less. They're just young. Yeah, that's also true. Um, speaking of that damn good, my MVP is looking that damn good. Right. Josh Allen had himself another game, game including <laughs> a game kidding. game winning touchdown drive. Of course, I watched the highlights for this game. My dude looked amazing, and he is the fantasy MVP so far. Well, Russell Wilson's putting Honestly, up. Honestly, that was just the game of least mistakes made, and who could ever finish it the best? I mean, like, okay, I like again, I. I talked about this game. I, by the way, I think through the, through the first few games that we've talked about, I think I have all my picks correct. I don't remember if I went Bears Falcons, but I, I'm pretty sure I threw in about Nick Foles, whatever. Um, I'll go back maybe and listen. The, I mean, the bills, it it came down to these defenses are both good, but not great. These offenses are both really clicking right now. It really came down to who can make the big plays. And Josh Allen is making these big plays right now. And they made a lot of, and he made a lot of mistakes. I think he had two fumbles, and I think he, and he threw an interception. Yeah, I, yeah, at least the interception. I, yeah, but like, but he also had, um, oh, those are the wrong stats. He had four passing touchdowns, and he had a rushing touchdown. Uh, this dude's when you had like that play call for the touch for his rushing touchdown too. When you have that kind of weapon, that triple or that double option, basically that he that they ran on the play before and the touchdown. When you have that kind of uh, weapons on your offense, it's really hard to guard. Like, that's college, and we've seen a lot of these college offenses are now definitely starting to succeed in the NFL. Um, And Devin Singletary, now he got the opportunity with Zach Moss. He's looking decent. Cole Beasley and and these wide receivers. I mean, this team is built – this team – is the Buffalo Bills. Like a lot of these players, they're built into the system for a specific reason, and it's working right now. And, I mean, I, I they're definitely my pick to win the division easily. As far as the Rams go, I, I think they're fine. I think they just ran into a, a better team. I, that's yeah. all it really came down to. I think they're, they're going to compete in all of their games, and I think they're going to win the majority of them. Yeah, I mean – the Bills are a team that are clicking. It's really hard to beat a team that – I mean, any sort of team that comes in to – beginning of the season when you're coming in with, with the type of chemistry that they have, it's really hard for anybody to come in and try to stop them. Um, and 
when you're trying to create a defensive game plan for somebody like Josh Allen, that is that dual threat. Like most quarterbacks in the NFL are right now. It's really hard to try to figure out if, because he's making play calls on the field. He's making read option calls. Mm -hmm. And it's impressive for him at his, his young NFL age to be doing that already. That's Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson level esque stuff, Patrick Mahomes. Some of those throws that he are, that he's making are just yeah, ridiculous. His, the way he's able to move his feet and still mm -hmm. make accurate throws is extremely impressive. That's what we're seeing in really high paid quarterbacks right now in the league. Like half billion dollar quarterbacks. Now I'm not saying he's gonna be a half billion dollar quarterback, but at his age and with how long he could be playing and the way the salary cap's going, you never fucking know. So, um, but yeah, no, Josh Allen is, I, it's really hard to not say he's in the MVP race. And I, the only yeah. thing that, that makes him not like he is the MVP right now is the fact that he's in Buffalo. That's I literally the, what it is. I, yes, because I think, but also at the same time, I mean, Russell Wilson and, well, yeah, playing he, and he's playing he's, national TV games, though. So, well, that, exactly. So, I, I see what you mean. But even then, I mean, even you put them face to face, I think Russell is still edging him out a little bit. And honestly, I think if you're looking at like a three headed monster for this MVP race right now, I mean, you're looking at Russell, you're looking at Josh Allen, and you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, in oh, my opinion. Oh, no, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is like that is your top three. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, like. But he struggled last week against the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, with I guess with our small sample size of our percentage of yeah. the season we've been through, I mean, that that I guess that is your only three, right? Mm -hmm. So, and it, of course, I'm it's all quarterback. Someone. I mean, it, it's really at this point three weeks, and you can only talk about quarterbacks. Well, and yeah, I, I mean, the, the only running back I was willing to talk about uh, did not play this week in yeah. Christian McCaffrey. So, and he yeah. probably won't for a couple. So, yeah. I'm just kind of looking at other teams to see if they're – yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, Washington, the the football team going to Cleveland, uh, it's really – it's it's the football team versus the helmets. I mean, if you look at the logos. Yeah, um, honestly. <laughs> uh, the actual names are so awful. Like, the Redskins versus the Browns. Like, just think about that. Just think about that. Oh, boy. Um, but the Browns – the Browns pulled it out just because of their offensive weapons, 34 to 20. Yeah. But, but I do want to mention though, I, I we got to talk about Dwayne Haskins turnovers. Okay. I, I, I've been thinking of a way to phrase this, but take away the, cause we, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the turnovers, but take away the turnovers for a second. He looked good minus a few throws, but let, 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 let's just look at what he did. Getting the ball to, his his tight end Ian Thomas yeah. um or Logan Thomas sorry he, he getting the ball to him getting the ball to Terry McLaurin who is obviously their playmaker obviously their number one guy and Antonio Gibson is starting to get going they have a really really good young base especially on the defensive side of the ball too that defensive line is crazy they have really good outside guys this team has a good young core but much like the Bears with Trubisky there is a weak spot in the quarterback which is very important so I actually have something kind of similar to what you said in my list. D Hask looks like a good young QB. Uh, five overs, too many. They should probably get rid of him. Um, yeah. But here's what I'm going to say to that. Um, I, I I think every young quarterback's allowed to have a five turnover game. 
Fun fact, and, Daniel Jones has only had one career game where he hasn't had a turnover. Interesting. Also not necessarily surprising. Right. I guess. He he, he fumbled quite a bit last year, and he throws yeah, a lot of interceptions. He's one of those guys that's like high-risk, high-reward. That that's his game style, so that that doesn't surprise me. I guess too much, yeah. but I, I think something that you have to look at with Dwayne Haskins is he, while he might have had five turnovers in this game, he might probably still be one of the best players on this team. And the reason why he has five turnovers is because he's trying to make some things happen that ne- might not necessarily be able to. Yeah. So, and I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt on that because we know what this kid can do. And if, if he gets himself on a good roster, I he could be kind of scary. So, I mean, right now, I would kind of like say like Jameis Winston is kind of where I see him going. Uh, high risk, high reward. Same thing with Daniel Jones, kind of in that same group. I mean, if you if you give him another top receiver like, like Jameis Winston yeah. had, I mean, if they have another weapon like that, maybe. We don't know. Like, yeah. it's all about how the team is built. But I like the way that yeah. they're built, especially with Riverboat Ron leading the – leading the way yeah, if they can figure out to get because a lot of these teams a lot of teams are getting these like five receiver cores mm-hmm. that are really even throughout uh, the Bengals looked really good today they had mm-hmm. like five guys with three or more catches uh, the Packers had a bunch of guys with catches today mm-hmm. the, the Seahawks are in the same thing they're using their tight ends the Buccaneers the same thing that's how we're seeing teams being successful now and we're, we're seeing that just with the way that sports are being modernized we're seeing yeah. the the skill gap between the top and the bottom a lot different now than it was 30 years ago so you're not seeing zone offenses or defenses like you used to and so yeah i mean Dwayne haskins has a future in the nfl with a good roster with good wide receivers so or at i least apologize receiving core i apologize for the sirens if you can hear those um i left my window open apparently I um barely, i barely heard it all right cool so the as far as Cleveland goes, I think they're a mediocre team that's going to keep beating bad teams. I mean, that's how – because we saw them against the Ravens. They only scored six points. And then they play Cincinnati and Washington. And, yeah, they're going to win because that offense is sacked. And Baker, when he plays well against, uh, you know, a, a not great defense, he's, he's going to perform with those weapons. It's hard not to, especially that two-headed monster at running back. Like, if, they'll, if the Browns get up on teams, it's really hard to come back. Okay, so hear me out. Now, they won't do it because they're the Browns. It would be way too predictable because they're good at losing. But would it be crazy at this point for the, Brown, for the Browns to be like, fuck it, we're going to trade Baker, we're throwing a crappy quarterback, or we're going to tank this season, we're going to try to get Trevor? I don't think so. No, because, like, yeah. because the, the way I look at Baker is that he has played well enough at this point that he – still has trade value but he yeah. isn't playing well enough to where you've got you feel like you got to hold on to him i think you're in that perfect medium right now and if you're not careful he falls out of that i don't know if he's your quarterback you know and yeah. if, if you're looking at maybe moving on from him i i think this might be the best time to do it unless you want to wait till the end of the season and that might not be the move if you want to maybe get a quarterback in the draft so I think they might need to make some moves here pretty quick if they're going to start trying to do something, at least substantial. Right. Because this isn't uh, their playoff year. No, not with the way that the other two teams in their division are but playing. But their roster should be. Like, based on their roster, they should be a playoff contender. Yeah. 
So they got a lot of pieces like all around the Yeah, I agree. Um, and let's not forget they also a first year head coach Kevin Stefanski too. So there's gonna be a little bit of a waiting period for that. Yeah. Um last thing quick, I do I just remembered too, Washington. Let's not forget who's still on the roster. Alex Smith. He's trying to make a comeback. What? Yeah. I thought he retired. Nope. He I believe he's cleared for football activity, but I think they're waiting for contact, but I believe I, I, unless I'm getting my facts wrong, but I'm pretty sure that he is rehabbing and trying to make a comeback. Interesting. You want to talk about a really strong pocket quarterback with an accurate, strong arm with the weapons I mean, that they have. Yeah. They, they've got some pretty sticky hands out there. So with, with, yeah. With a game manager like that, that could be interesting. Yeah. All right. Titans Vikings. Whew. Vikings are 0 and 3. <laughs> so here's what I have for my notes on this one. Uh Tannehill is a certified G. Derrick Henry is a fucking monster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, that, Derrick that's Henry's my a, game notes. <laughs> I mean, if you look at average height between your starting quarterback, running back and uh wide receiver, I think the Titans they, win. They look every, like a basketball team. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Tannehill's a tank. I mean, obviously Derrick Henry's a tank and then They're AJ the Brown Denver who Nuggets of the NFL. <laughs> and AJ AJ Brown didn't even play in this game. At, like Yeah. The the Titans are scary. They really are cuz they have a really solid defense um and they obviously have a really they have a really well put together offense and they, they know their game plan and they execute it very well. Um, and Goskowski, he, he got rid of the jitters from week one being on a new team. And now he, he's eight for eight since his poor performance Monday night, week one. And, you know, Titans come up 31 to 30. It may, it may not sound impressive, but they look really good. Justin yeah. Jefferson. We do have to mention Justin Jefferson from the Vikings who had a really good uh, breakout game rookie from LSU. I mean, a lot of people knew he was going to be good because of what he did with Burrow. Um, but he's kind of stepping into that Stefan Diggs role where he's getting the deep balls while um, uh, Adam Thielen is running, you know, kind of down low and more shorter routes. Um, so it's, I don't know. I don't know if the Vikings are going to be able to put anything together. This is still, they lost Kevin Stefanski as their offensive coordinator. So I, I don't know if they're still trying to get things together, but that defense just doesn't look good. Yeah, I mean, if they lose next week, they're, they're done. Like, their season's scrapped. I mean, they, they would basically have to win out the rest of the season minus, like, a game or two. They play Houston next week. I mean, especially if they lose next week. If they lose done. to Houston, oh, they need to trade Kirk or cut him. They need to do something. They need to start tanking. Like, I don't think, is there even a market for Kirk Cousins? Because there's not really much. Not. Of, there's not a market for quarterbacks. But you know what I mentioned last week? Um, there's a quarterback in free agency oh, that God. has oh, a the... similar skill set to Kirk Cousins. You're, you're gonna That's talk this better. into. You're gonna talk this into existence. And as a Packer fan, I don't want it to happen. But the circumstances just seem so perfect. You know what I mean? If they like, sign him after week eight, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah, because they won't be in the playoff. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, because then Cause we don't have to see him the second, second time. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Really smart move to scheduling, getting those games done early. I like so, that. Um, yeah, I. Uh, Although we play Chicago I, I late, really, that might be th for the division. 
I, I think the odds of Colin Kaepernick being on an NFL team are actually higher that he's on the Vikings than being in the NFL at all. I mean, yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, there's not really a market for quarterbacks minus, you know, I, I wouldn't even say the giants cause they're probably just going to yeah. ride out and tank. You'd look yeah. at Washington. Maybe I could no. maybe see it. But probably not. They're, they're riding out Dwayne Haskins for this season, at least. You got to give him the chance. He's a young, talented quarterback still. And barring any serious injury, I mean, I don't see another team that needs a quarterback unless you. I no, I don't even. Yeah, you I can mean, the, you the can way, make an argument for the Broncos, but I don't know what their plans are either. They're not. They're not trying to win right now. No, and they got Drew Locke, who they think is their guy too. So yeah, well, yeah, he's young. So. I, God, yeah, it sucks right. to be a, a, a mid-tier quarterback right now because yeah. there's a lot of really – like Teddy Bridgewater today is a great example of a really solid mid-tier quarterback that had a good day. And yeah. it, that's, what, that's what fucks up the market is guys will have bounce like up and down weeks, and it's really hard to gauge what they're worth. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's um, how you really tell the difference between good and great quarterbacks. But I think the Titans have this division pretty much on lock. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't see that yeah. the Colts, I don't think are going to really uh, contend too much. The Jaguars aren't going to, um, who's the other team, the Texans, we've seen them have their struggles. I don't know what they're going to do against the Tennessee team. I'd but. say they need to blow it up, but they don't even have a whole lot of pieces either. So true. Um, the Raiders versus the Patriots. I mean, this is okay. I'm you're going to go first. Cause I actually didn't get to see any of this. So I need to look at okay. stats. So um, I didn't watch a game. I watched a replay on this one. This was actually the few games I didn't watch because I was actually – so I I was I figured it was going to be a good game. Uh, and it ended up being a pretty decent game. I mean, Cam Cam had a good game-ish, uh, but he ran the Belichick, the Belichick playbook. Um, and I, I think Bill Belichick is really showing, if you didn't already with all the rings that he has, Mm-hmm. why he's the best coach of all time. And I think we can say that comfortably now because what he has done is tailored the Tom Brady offense to Cam Newton, who honestly, I would argue has very similar throwing capabilities uh, with abnormally better legs, like leg speed. So um, it's really interesting watching the uh, chemistry between Newton, Cam Newton, and Edelman grow as the mm-hmm. games play. Like, you watch that chemistry grow during the games. That's really cool. You don't see that a whole lot because of how late Cam got into the system with no preseason. Mm-hmm. So, from a, a fan's perspective, when you understand stuff like that, that makes the game a lot more entertaining. Um, but Derek Carr is a good quarterback. And yeah. I think people might be forgetting that. Um, I mean, this is their first loss on the season, too. So, I mean, obviously, don't let don't let Bill Bella losing to Bill Belichick make like make a Raiders fan feel down because Derek Carr is still a bad man, and that that's a Raiders team that's going to be a major nuisance and probably going to end up slipping into a wild card spot if not getting a divisional spot, maybe. Well, and you look at you know Josh Jacobs had a fumble, Derek Carr had two fumbles. Yep. Um, you. You, you take away those turnovers because one of them was an immediate touchdown. Yeah. You take away those, and Derek Carr made good decisions throwing the ball. Like, he is a good – like you mentioned, he's a good quarterback, and I think and we've known And that's the part this. that you can't teach either is decision-making. Exactly. That's, like, Ex- almost impossible yeah. to teach. Yeah, and the fact that he threw 32 passes and no interceptions while you're down like that against a really good defensive team, 
like I've, uh, like you said, I think he he's really impressive. I think he's coming back up to what we thought he was after a couple of disappointing seasons after the huge leg injury in the playoff. Um, so yeah. it, it it is good to see that. Like you said, the Patriots. I mean, it kind of seems like they relied on their defense. This is kind of what we saw from the Patriots last year. Um, because I mean, Cam Newton didn't put up great numbers either. You know, only one sixty-two in the air and only twenty-seven on the ground. But that's enough, especially I mean, that, like. What are you expecting from Cam Newton in this offense right now against the Raiders? I mean, I mean, the Raiders more rushing are... yards. I, I don't. If I'm right now, if I'm Bill Belichick, I don't want Brady to get hurt or Brady. I don't want Cam Newton to get hurt. So I, I, I knew I had to do it at least once this year. Of course, season. yeah. Um, because if Cam Newton gets, I, I guess you have a backup quarterback that you're Jared gonna Stidham. Maybe, that you're maybe gonna allegedly start anyway. Whatever. I, I think Cam <laughs> Newton was kind of the plan all along, and so. they're just they're waiting on him. To he get had to, he had to prove price. himself. He they had to see what he could actually do. But I think the plan was, yeah, yeah, it was to either get maybe Colin Kaepernick was on the plate at at some point, but. Obviously, they had a plan going in with a, a running quarterback with an arm, and they their def their 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 offensive game plan is just absolutely amazing. I'll probably still check out the highlights because honestly, from at least looking at the box score, um, it feels to me like it feels to me like the Raiders had a shot, but they kind of oh, gave it. Yeah, it it feels like they gave it away. Definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely. It's you're, what you said earlier. Those turnovers. Exactly. It, that that was kind of the theme of this week was teams were turning the ball over and giving up points, and that that they're all every week there seems to be a recurring theme in each game, and that was the big one this week. Um, sorry, one sec. One of my buddies is trying to call me. Um, let's talk about oh man, the first tie of twenty twenty. Oh man, I I predicted Joe Burrow's first win, and I think this is the third week in a row that I've done that. Oh, I'm so upset. Um, I, 23 to 23. I only caught the tail end of this game, but from what it sounds like, I mean, Carson Wentz still doesn't look good. The offense still doesn't look no, great. God awful. But Fucking I mean, awful. again, again, from what I hear, and I'm, I'm looking at the stats, 31 for 44, two touchdowns, no interceptions. They, they just got pressure on the quarterback and Joe Burrow's still looking good. He's looking real good. Oh, if I'm a Cincinnati fan right now, I don't care about the tie. That was a win. Like, honestly, like, that, that's I mean, a win. And you, a lot of people were saying that last week, too. Like, Joe Burrow looks good. Joe, Joe Burrow is winning right now. Like, that. that's – and he knows it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I something that I noticed that they did a really good job um, with is Auden Tate, who's, like, their third or fourth wide receiver on their on their depth chart. Correct. Through, like – Four or five flags, like which was absolutely. I don't know why he's drawing so much attention, but there's no way that the Bengals stay in that game if Tate isn't drawing attention like that. So I don't know what he was doing, but I know Tate. Keep, Tate is a he's a historically physical receiver, so that probably yeah. So if he can keep that up, man, I'm that's gonna be such a good such a good decoy because if you can get AJ Green going, just yeah, game over. I mean, I mean, just looking at this box score again. This is one of them that I missed, but it, it's it's unfortunate that 
Philly, it looks like Philly's defensive line really dominated this game. Like I said, eight sacks on Burrow, and they held uh, Mixon on 17 carries to 49 rushing yards. Yeah, they good really thing dom- Burrow's a rookie. He can take that many sacks. Yeah, and so, like, they really dominated. And while on the other side, Miles Sanders almost had 100 yards, and Carson Wentz had 65 himself on the ground. But Carson Wentz, as a quarterback, he got outperformed by this rookie. He only had a touchdown, and he had the two interceptions. 40 or 20 29 or 47 like good god man that's i don't know if i want i'm gonna watch the highlights because of burrow but like holy crap they need to figure something out and didn't they lose dallas goddard in this game too i i didn't hear I what his so. injury was i think he, he went was down at, at least point. out for the rest of the game i don't know what the yeah. injury was either i didn't uh, i saw I that he was co- out i got a question for you yeah so i i mentioned a little bit ago about quarterback value it, what do you think joe burrow's like trade value would be right now Oh my good like, God! You'd have to because, trade. Like, what? Think, what do you think he would be worth? Because, like, you talk about like potential. You talk about like the last three weeks. Like, I don't think a quarterback has ever gained value so much in three weeks in not winning a game. I mean, it's unprecedented. Uh, unprecedented to like to think about this, but like honestly, I think it would be something along the lines of a top tier player, along with a first and a third, or a first and a second pick. Like, honestly, you have to give up a yeah. lot to get this guy if you wanted to. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Oh, no, yeah. But, yeah. like, I think it would have to be something like that. It would have to be, like, a top a top 10 defender. It would have to be a top five receiver. It would have to be something along those lines yeah. um, just to do that. It, the only reason I ask is because I, I think depending on how this season ends, we did see a lot of quarterback movement this summer but I think we're going to see more next year because there's a lot of teams that aren't meshing right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I want our, our listeners to be just a little bit aware of what's going to happen because these systems, like these systems aren't necessarily built around specific quarterbacks. The system comes first. These quarterbacks aren't good enough to be doing that. So because they're not Aaron Rodgers, they're not Joe Burrow. They're building an offense around him. So keep an eye on that going forward here. We're going to see how many different moves are being, even this, this season, how many different quarterbacks are started week one that mm-hmm. aren't going to be starting, you know, come the end of the season because they're just not fitting. How many new quarterbacks do you, like do we have on teams this year? Oh, good God. So like many. almost nine or 10, probably. Probably something along those lines. If, if not that, if not more, like it was wild. It's, it's more than we're used to, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Which made it fun, you know. Mm, absolutely. Um, so yeah, and especially I, when you count, especially when you uh, take into effect like uh, a guy like Big Ben who's coming back yeah. after uh, off a season long injury, stuff like that too. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the strongest quarterback showing we've seen in the NFL in a long time. I mean, we, at least we, for, as a collective. We were know? just saying there's not really a quarterback market right now, so. No. Let's talk about the Steelers beating the Texans 28 to 21. I was surprised this game was as close as it was. Um, I was with, too. <laughs> with, it looked like Watson was just balling out of his mind, honestly, um, from the highlights that I saw, like he, he got to Will Fuller as much as he needed to. Um, but you know, Pittsburgh, obviously just the better team in general right now, their defense is better because their defense, I still think is the best in the league right now. I get, it's hard to really find a different one because there's not a lot of, great defenses right now um so i I definitely think pittsburgh's up there and their offense just looks i mean reinvigorated with big ben too like the yeah 
They they look great. Um, and the Texans, they look like they need a number one wide receiver because they don't have one. And, man, I just – I don't even know. After – their offense isn't the, – David Johnson didn't show up again this week. It's just it, – Watson needs some help. And it really is starting to feel like what I said preseason. It's – Bill O'Brien and this team might be wasting Deshaun Watson. Like, oh, it's like, not like right. They are. No, no, they are. They yeah. are. It feels I, like it feels are. like what McCarthy was doing with the later years of Rodgers. Yeah. Um. So what I think what the Texans are trying to do here, at least, so I'm looking at this from a front office like roster building perspective. I, I think what they're trying to do is take Randall Cobb and Will Fuller, and take two number two receivers. Randall Cobb's probably a three at this point in his career. And kind of like push them together, and like you're our one receiver, and it's not going well because they're only getting eight passes. Like they both only got four mm-hmm. passes. They got four pass completions the whole game. I I don't I don't have the amount of targets in front of me, but I'm sure it's not many more than that. Those guys don't drop a whole lot of balls, and Deshaun Watson doesn't miss. So. Or at least not very often. I have so, four tar- four targets for Cobb, five targets for Fuller, so, four for four for Stills. Yeah, so uh, Stills dropped one, Fuller dropped one, Cobb didn't drop any. So between Cobb, Fuller, Stills, that that's only six, what, seven, ten catches. Mm-hmm. That that's not okay. No. So um, they're they're gonna need to figure out. Cause honestly, Stills, Fuller, and Cobb, that could be a bit of a three-headed monster if you make your playbook out right, because Randall Cobb, like. He's really good at running those quick cuts. Well, especially like, in the middle of the field. Yeah, that's how he killed for the Packers. Mm-hmm. He lined up and on he the even, inside, and he just he get in the inside of his defender. And they they obviously know how to do that because they did it a few times in this game. One of his big catches was like a long third down he caught in the middle and made yeah. a big play out of it. Like I I just don't get it, man. Well, and I was watching DeAndre Hopkins highlights from last year, and the, Hopkins running right across the middle of the fucking field, and I'm like literally that's a Randall Cobb route. Like I've, I've watched Randall Cobb run routes like that. Like it's the Madden route that goes like out to the right and then across midfield. And like, I've seen that's a po- post route. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've done that so many times in Madden. I've seen Randall Cobb run that so many times in a Packers uniform, mm-hmm. literally like just do it. Like it's not hard to do. And it, same thing with Fuller. He's a good wide out, run him down the line. Like Deandre Hopkins, he can handle it. So I I think there's going to be a coaching change for the Texans before the season's out. Who's going to fire him, though? He's the GM. Uh, Your owner. I mean, owners like winning. And I, when you make such an egregious trade like that, I'm surprised he still has his job at this point. I agree. Even before the trade. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I I still can't believe he has his job. And I, I don't think it's lasting. Like, he's literally falling off his seat right now. For Watson's sake, I hope not. Uh, let's and talk. And if not, trade, wa- trade him. Trade him for an older quarterback like Phillip Rivers or something. Stick him on a team and let him flourish for the rest of his career. Let's talk briefly <laughs> about the Jets and the Colts. I mean, the game happened. Are- All right, cool. What's next? <laughs> 36 to 7. The Jets need to fire Adam Gase. Uh, Sam Darnold still looks promising as he's going to probably for a while as long that, as Gase is I was there. About to say, I think the best way you can describe is that performance. Yeah. Promising. And, there's, and there's glimpses. The Colts, listen, the, the Marlon Mack thing was bad. 
but I think Jonathan Taylor is your number one guy is I think I I think it should be like it should have been the decision Marlon Mack was on a contract year anyway I think this this is obviously the decision going forward I don't know about Philip Rivers because I know I mean Jacoby probably went in because of uh uh, the score, but I, I still don't know about Philip Rivers because again, this is against the Jets, and it still didn't look great, in, in my opinion. Yeah, so I might be some no football, no nothing basketball nerd, but when I see numbers like four and a half yards per carry and only thirteen carries in a game, I start to question coaches. Um, I, it, that might, might be because of who you were playing. But there, there's absolutely no reason Jonathan Taylor only should be getting 13 carries a game. I mean, again, maybe maybe it's because they were up. I guess maybe Hines had more carries, but... He better be getting 20 carries next week. Yeah, no, I think in closer games and in, in, when you have actual opponents, I think he will be seeing and the ball more. As long as he's staying over three yards three, three yards a carry, I, I, I don't see any reason for him to be under... If, when you look at the when you look at the Vikings game last week, the Jonathan Taylor had the majority. I think he was somewhere near twenty carries, and I think Hines only saw the field. I think he only had the ball once. It was yeah. a catch or a or a or a single rush or something like that. Well, so, and that's the thing. You throw him out on the field, you could run him. You could. I mean, he's got great hands. So. Oh yeah, Hines is a great field uh, pass catcher. Hands, yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk Panthers, Chargers. Justin Herbert looking like a rookie quarterback out in this one. Unfortunately, he listen from the one yard line. Like yeah. From the one yard line, he drove them down to a game winning opportunity. And if honestly, if they convert that play that they had that they had drawn up, like Keenan Allen was, it looked like they were planning on pitching that to Austin Eckler. And if, yeah. Eckler, if that's a clean connection, like they, they win that game. It is, it was crazy to watch, but uh, yeah, unfortunately the, the Chargers couldn't get it done against the Panthers team um, who, it still says our 0-2 <laughs> yeah. thing here. But um, obviously, you know, getting that first win, that was the second longest uh, the second longest active losing streak uh, was eight games. Um, wow. But that, but that snapped here. Uh, so good for, the, good for uh, Matt Rule to get his first coaching win and, and good for the Panthers to get on track because I really thought they were going to be better. And this is yeah. big too. I think this is a confidence boost because they didn't have Christian McCaffrey. Now, if you're the Chargers though, I, I fear that this, because I mean, he lost to the Chiefs last week. You can't really put that on Herbert, but you look at this one and it, uh, and it's, Again, I think Herbert okay. is the answer. I know I like sitting rookie quarterbacks, but Herbert is the better quarterback right now. But I really think the Chargers are going to look at the last two games and say, we should just go back to Tyrod. Okay. So Tyrod is going to, I mean. We don't really know Tyrod, where Ty, he's week to week. Yeah, but Tyrod will be starting when he comes back. We know that. We, they, they, he will be. They're going to let him. And I, I was hoping my and, prediction, my prediction for this game was Herbert leads them to a win and he wins the starting job. But here's the thing, you know what? It, it's hard for me to say Herbert doesn't deserve the job still because with when you're a rookie quarterback throwing the ball 49 times, yeah, and completing 35 passes, only one interception, 330 yards and only one interception. And almost rookie. leading your team to that a nine, almost a ninety-nine yard drive to win and the game. What what history will realize a lot better than what we realize now is Teddy Bridgewater is a very good quarterback. 
Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater is a very good quarterback, and we saw that he was so efficient today. Yeah. 22 as he, for 28. As he usually is. It, yeah. yeah. Per, per usual, as he was last year in New Orleans. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think Justin Herbert is the, I mean, he's not a, a glorified starting quarterback right now for the NFL, but he will be maybe by the end of the season. Definitely will be by the beginning of next season. I, yeah, I and agree. These numbers are absolutely ridiculous. He just, it, it, it's, he needs to learn. I think he just give him more field time because at this point, what are you losing? Like, you know, like, are, you're not going to make the playoffs this year, most likely. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you will. You might, but probably not. Yeah. You're, you're kind of on the fence. You're kind of in the Detroit Lions camp of, I'm going to be a pain in the ass, everybody I see all season. Well, you're kind of in the Cleveland, uh, I sense too, where there's two other teams in your division who are clearly playoff contenders. So, yeah. And you, you'd really have to push in to get that other wild card spot. So, yeah. and that'd be difficult. And they, I don't really know if they'd even be able to do it anymore <laughs> after losing to who they've lost to already. So, speaking of the Lions, uh, late win over the Arizona Cardinals 26 to 23 the big takeaway for me they just it it seemed that they had a game plan to slow down Kyler Murray in the running game and Mm -hmm. they got to him they they got to him they pressured the quarterback a lot it seemed that they had a game plan and they stuck to it and they just their personnel executed that's what it feels like to me yeah I think when you handle Kyler Murray and I I think Something important. So I watched this game too because mm-hmm. I'm stupid and I didn't think it was actually going to be a good game. I, I honestly thought the Cardinals were going to blow them out. Yeah. Um, but I was very impressed with the way the Lions were able to intimidate Kyler Murray. I think that's the best way mm-hmm. to describe it because the approach that they took was they kind of like, instead of having a zone backfield trying to guard receivers they did like this zone like kind of they had a guy on each side Mm -hmm. and then they had a guy waiting up the middle for him they were ready on all corners for him Mm -hmm. and they were putting so much pressure on him that he wasn't able to throw the ball well so then the zone they were running downfield and also i mean they were running his own man the whole game downfield interception after interception because it ends up happening you're you're putting so much pressure on him he can't focus Mm-hmm. It's like the whole crowd yelling at the end of the game when you're trying to make a free throw. It, he just couldn't stay in the zone. And second-year quarterback, he he puts the team on his back. That's the way he plays. But you have arguably one of the best receivers of all time and the one of the best receivers in the game right now. I I really I don't see any excuses for losing this game. No, I agree. I think they're still waiting for Kenyon Drake to kind of break out. I mean, it's not like Kenyon Drake didn't have good stats because he does. Like I I would take a four, I would take a 4.1 average any day of the week out of my starting running back. Oh Um, yeah, definitely. It's just, he, they paid him that money because he has that explosiveness. um, And we haven't really seen that from him. He's, he's been solid, but they're looking for that big play every once in a while. Um, so they just haven't got that out of it. Meanwhile, the, I mean, the Lions, the offense obviously looked better with Kenny Galladay. We know what a number one yeah. receiver means to a team. Look at this team versus the Texans. Obviously, Hopkins makes that difference on both sides. So getting Kenny Galladay back, even if he this was only his first game, it was obviously big for them. Um, and Hawkinson the offense played well, too. He got some catches. So yeah, Hawkinson yeah. got some yardage. So, um, yeah, I, I you talked about um, – game plan i think just game management in general matt stafford has been one of those guys that's just been super super consistent when it comes to game management 
-hmm. And when it comes to the late game, it shows the the age difference between Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford. Look at what ended up, how it ended. So, uh, the Buccaneers against the Broncos. Uh, Tom Brady's still a good quarterback. At least we know that much. You know, we we know that he can play outside of a Belichick system and be somewhat successful. And Gronk can still catch a ball. I'm being optimistic here. They beat who have they beaten? The Panthers and the Broncos. I I, <laughs> I, I don't want to give them all. So, but there were like there were bright spots though. There are things that looked good there because there's new pieces that they're integrating mm. and they're doing good things with like like for example, Fournette had that like two yard punch. That that they kind of lacked that that two three yard punch type of running back on the roster. Fournette yeah. filled that spot for him. That's a goal line guy now, so that's one more weapon that they have that they didn't before. To I can't believe Gronkowski. Gronkowski had six catches, and they were believe. good catches too. But it's because that Denver can't doesn't know how to handle a large tight end, which and they've been is getting railed by because- which is weird because they see one every day in practice. Yeah, you would I, think that they'd be able to, but you I, know, there's probably no contact, so I don't know what it's like to hit a big tight end because they never hit Gronkowski. He was always on the ground by the time they touched him. Tampa can beat all the bad teams that they want. I'm not yeah. hopping on the hype train. I, I I probably won't hop on the hype train at all, but it, I'm not going to even get close to it until they beat a legit team. Well, and I don't want to, like, I, I come out being optimistic. Like, I don't want to say I'm on the no, hype of course. train. I'm just saying, like, there are good things that happen for the Buccaneers. Like, even if the Broncos are the worst team in the NFL right now, arguably the worst team in the NFL, probably the worst team in the NFL, right? Yeah. Um, I – I mean the Jets. I mean, okay, I I forgot they were an NFL team at all. <laughs> um, I I wasn't counting them. I was thinking more like what were the the, the indoor Milwaukee football teams that we've had over the years? Uh, the, I, no, the the Green Bay Hurricanes. Well, but Milwaukee had a couple too, like the Irons. That was one that played in the Bradley Center for a year. Arena football. Yeah, the Bradley Center had, had a arena football team for like a year, but they always like the Bone Crushers played over in the US Cellular mm. Arena and now Panther Arena. I remember going to those games. There'd be more people on the team roster than there. I, I want to go to an arena games. football game so well, bad. I've all watched those a few. Indie leagues are bankrupt now. Yeah. So, which sucks. But long story short, I, there's a lot of good things that we saw today from the Bucks, And I, I think there's a lot of good things going forward, you know, that they learned from this game. And I think that was the best part about playing a shitty team like this is you get to learn a lot. The Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. Another um, good game, but uh, Dak Prescott is not a good quarterback. <laughs> I, I, uh, is, is it Dak? I mean, Dak Prescott's not a good quarterback, but is Mike McCarthy a good coach? No. Or or, or is Russell Westbrook just a, a, a first ballot surefire Hall of Famer, maybe on a Mount Rushmore? Or Russell Wilson, you know what I mean? I do it all the time. Yeah. Um, Russell Wilson, like, next, like, the things that he was doing in that game – it keeps moving him like I talk I'm talking a lot about history today but like we're right now in the NFL we have the best quarterbacks in history like your your dad your your grandpa your uncle can tell you that they saw the best quarterbacks of all time they they did they saw single maybe two quarterbacks the best of all time we're seeing I mean like yeah you, we yeah no we you you talk about Montana Marino Elway Favre uh Unitas uh you throw in Bart Starr those kind of yeah. names but those, those are like separated you said, though they're kind of different 
you know, er, er, it's eras, I guess. Like a what, couple what, of those, like all kind of met up, but they're all at different ages, so they're never competitive. But, but I mean, dude, we're watching guys like Russell Wilson. We're watching guys like Tom Brady, uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger. We're watching Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees go head to head. Like well, just those names alone. Too, these older quarterbacks are having longer careers, like mm-hmm. Marino and Elway didn't get because they were getting fucking demolished by these monsters. I mean. Using. We've talked about Rodgers and his, like, how long we still think he's going to play with the Packers. He's on his 16th season. That's as many seasons as Bart Starr and Brett Favre. They both only had 16 yeah. seasons with the Packers. Uh, but they're all, but Aaron Rodgers also benefits from those quarterback rules. <laughs> That's what I, yeah. No, they're I, literally designed, arguably, for him. You know, no, like... Literally, like some of those were designed with him in mind. That's also true because of the but, so yeah. No, what we've learned is Seahawks are a really good team. Russell Wilson, okay, they're they're a solid team. Russell Wilson knows how to use his his weapons that he does have. They are a great offense, and I yeah. will use the word great. Their defense okay. is uh, okay, good enough <laughs> to be able to hold on with what their offense can perform with. Yes, because we saw the Falcons put up big points against them. I don't remember who they played last week, <laughs> and uh, maybe that was like, oh, no, the Falcon. Who did they play last week? Who did the Seahawks play last week? Now oh, I can't remember. Um, they, but, we, but we saw the Cowboys put up. And, again, these are all good offenses. Who am I? Show me the schedule, please. Who did they well, play? I, I think this is going to be like – Oh, Packers the Patriots. Have... Yeah. So, the, so these are all good offenses that they're playing. But, again, the, 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 the defense doesn't really show me anything – that for hope like they're giving up a lot of yards i think most a lot of teams are going to put up at least 20 points against this team but russell's putting up 38 a week like it's it's crazy this is the second best offense in the league right now um because of russell wilson and but on the dallas side like like we mentioned dak i don't think is he's just he's good but he's not great and and that's kind of that's what it comes down to he can be good and he can lead your team uh, he can help your team win, but he's not going. He's not really the guy that's going to lead your team to win. And you look at, like you said, Mike McCarthy. He's not the right coach. He's not a great coach. He's a decent coach at best. And and their defense is suspect, especially because of the injuries. Like for me, I I look at Dak Prescott and I just I feel bad because he's good enough to have a starting job in the NFL. I, I think that can be agreed yeah. upon. Yeah. Um. Whether whether that's a winning team or not, that that can be up to the listener to decide. Um. <laughs> I don't think so, but um, I, I feel bad because the way he's playing right now and with the system that McCarthy is putting in front of him, he's not getting really an opportunity to win because of the what what Mike McCarthy has, you know. Um. And it sucks because he's going in. This is his prove it year. And he's not really being able to prove much besides the fact that he's really good at handing the ball off to Zeke, you know? So I, I feel bad because the line isn't performing like they thought it was, right? Yeah. And, I mean, Zeke is covering way more ground than we we're expecting him to because we thought, we thought that Dax was going to play better. Mm-hmm. So if if you're a front office front office executive right now for the Cowboys, I don't know what you do. I mean, there's no market for Dak. You can't get rid of him. You're not getting rid of Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have C.D. Lamb, who like might be one of the best wide receivers in the next couple of years. So, wild prediction. I think Dak at his first opportunity, if 
if and when I think he's going to walk, I think he's going to leave. I think he's going to be a cult. So actually funny that you say that I was thinking the same thing. Um, I was thinking maybe a Brown too. I think that might also be an option that would be realistic, especially with the way they run their offense. Um, Because Dak, his range is about 30 yards. And yeah. and once it, it, I, it, he can go past that, but it's one of those like he it he's probably gonna only make maybe two thirds on the money mm-hmm. on a long ball, which at the amount he he should be getting paid or will be getting paid because how mm-hmm. fucked up the quarterback market is with inflation right now, he should be making those passes every time. Yeah. So maybe he ends up in Minnesota, but. Mm-hmm. I that's not an upgrade from Kirk Cousins, and I don't think. That um, okay, I I don't think it makes your system any better. Is what I was getting no, at. I, I, I don't actually, really think it adds that much. I actually personally would probably have if I had to freaking make the terrible choice of Dak versus Kirk. I actually think I would go Dak. Well, yeah, you go with Dak, but I feel but like no, I know you pick Colin Kaepernick first. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Um, before we get into week four, do you want to talk about the Thursday night game since you weren't here for that? Oh, um, I, yeah, really quick. Um, Gardner, not bad, but let's, let's remember he was missing Chark. Yeah. He was missing his number one guy. So, All right, Alexa, chill. (laughs) So I, I don't really know how Jacksonville plans on moving forward because the problem with Gardner Minshew is he wins games. And I say that's a problem because you're not trying to win games right now. You can okay, and, but you can build if you have the 20th pick though. You don't need you can build if you have the 15th pick. Yeah. You, the, but the, you know you what? Know. They're looking for someone special. And I you know with the way the lottery works. The way okay, but the way that the way that they have drafted in the past getting guys like I think they I think they traded for AJ Bouye but like the, they ha, they got Jalen Ramsey they've gotten guys like Unique Ngakwe Miles Jack they've gotten all of these guys themselves they've never really spent I think Calais Campbell was one of their biggest uh, you know signings if we're looking at this team from a couple of years ago uh, the, the like uh, the DJ Chark they got I mean they, they drafted Lavishka Chenault who I think is going to be a great uh, complimentary guy to Chark uh, for the years to come so like I I agree with you that the, they, they should maybe still look at that tanking option, but I don't think they need that number one. I, I think they can be five, six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, you know, still top 10, maybe top 15, but I, and they, I think they can still build from that. Well, in the beauty of football right now and with how good just football is getting, like I said, the skill gap between top and the bottom is diminishing very quickly. Um, there's a lot of really good college quarterbacks right now. And yeah. So happens there's a lot of them that are going to be entering the draft and maybe actually didn't get that many TV hours either. Yeah. So, uh, but the, regardless, there's quarterbacks that are going to be out there that aren't Trevor Lawrence. So there, there's somebody that plays at Ohio state that might be looking for an NFL job next year as well. Yeah. That might look not awful. And what people also forget is the largest market in Florida, Jacksonville. So Jackson, like Jacksonville doesn't have an NBA team. So people forget that Jacksonville is the biggest market in Florida. Yeah. So um, actually in all of the South East, 
maybe even beats out some Texas cities too. They're huge. So um, Jacksonville has money to ownership has money. Oh, good that's God. Not, yeah. That's not a secret. Literally the dude like hangs out on his yacht for fun. I mean, and, okay. The cons, the cons own the Jaguars. They own a uh, soccer team over overseas. And mm-hmm. obviously Tony and Chad uh, own and run uh, AEW, which yeah. is the a, a second largest wrestling company in America right now. So it's not like they don't have money to spend. It's just, I don't know if, how much money are they willing to spend right now yeah. with the, with, because if you're not going to have a good roster, why are you going to waste a bunch of money for losing games? You know, I True. think that's kind of the way they're looking at it. They're businessmen, you know? Right. All right. Week four, quick fire predictions. I would like, you know, a quick analysis and then a Oh, score. we're going to watch I mean, the worst want. football game of the season. I th- I'm actually so thankful I'm working Thursday night, so I don't have to watch this game. <laughs> Who the fuck made this the Thursday night game? Jeez, especially listen. I talked up the Dolphins versus the Jaguars, but who the fuck scheduled those two games right in a row on Thursday? That's just terrible. Uh, Broncos, I think, are probably going to win this game. I like their team is so much more impressive to me. I mean, but I, the Jets are just god awful. All right, I have a fun idea for this game. Fuck the regular rosters. They're not fun. Bring up the practice squads. And I want to see the practice squads play each other. Because honestly, at this point, that would be more entertaining. Here's how bad the Jets are. The Denver Broncos, who don't have Von Miller or their starting quarterback, are favored by two and a half points as a road team. Anyway, Sunday slate games. (laughs) It's going to be such a good game. Jacksonville Jaguars go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Is this Joe Burrow's first win? Well, that'd be something, wouldn't it? Um, I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, probably. I, uh, it, it, this is, yeah. And unfortunately it won't be as special as some of the other ones. Um, because honestly, it's kind of like he's already got three wins under his belt, at least right. for him. So even if it is, I don't know how special it's going to be. I, yeah, I think I, I actually, oh man, I don't know. I've, I'll go Bengals. Honestly, I, the, with, with the way the rotations of the weeks, I think it, next week Gardner is due to have a big week. So. <laughs> well, hey, against that, <laughs> against that, against that defense, and if he has Chark back, uh, it should be a big game for the Jaguars offensively. Uh, I would say that that might be a 300 week for Gardner. So between the ground and the air. So uh, Indianapolis versus Chicago. You know what? The the Bears win if they don't start Mitch. I was literally going to say if Nick Foles starts, the Bears win. If Mitch starts and plays the full game, uh, the Colts win. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, I I think if Nick Foles finishes the game, at least plays the second half again, they win. And it wouldn't surprise me if they keep going with that that mentality because I kind of dig the the whole, like, two-quarterback idea. Like, they're kind of equals. If Mitch starts and they find themselves in a hole like they did this week with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines at running back, I don't know how easy it's going to be to come back. Yeah, And Jonathan Taylor, one thing that he was really good at at Wisconsin was eating up clock, especially yep. in his earlier years. Exactly. But what ended up happening is he progressed as a running back was he, he got so good that while we were trying to eat up clock, he was breaking through tackles and scoring. And that's yeah. something we're starting to see more and more as he progresses as an NFL player. 
or at least breaking out and getting bigger mm-hmm. runs. So that, that's going to be big moving forward here. And I think he is the deciding factor. Colts are favored by three as the road team. That's, that's uh, safe. Yeah. The, the Cowboys are favored by five hosting the Browns. Um, I, I think this is going to be Baker's best game of the season. I, I'm, I'm yeah. going to go out on a limb and say I think Baker is going to show out and just be like, yeah, w- well, at least we're better than the Cowboys. So, <laughs> I think the Cowboys win this uh, just because I like their overall team better. Um, but I think this is going to be closer than five, you know, like the over under. I think that should be a little closer. Um, and maybe it, going off of your best Baker game, I would argue that he plays the Bengals twice and he already looked really good last Thursday. So we'll see about that. But yeah, I think you're right. I think this game is actually going to be close, but I like the Cowboys at home. Uh, the Saints are favored by five against the Lions on the road. That's a huge road margin. You got to think home field advantage. I mean, I don't know. Normally, yeah, I'll say what is home field advantage right now? Honestly. Normally, see, I don't know, but normally home field advantage is three points. So minus five, that's crazy. I think the Saints do handle this one, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers and the Titans, this is going to be a hell of a game. The Titans are actually favored by 1.5. Okay. The most injuries that are going to happen in a game this week are going to be in this game. Be, oh boy. There, there's going to be so many hard hits. Yeah, there's going to be so many just Derrick Henry running over defenders like they're like small children, and he's just knocking mm-hmm. them over at recess. So like, but it, there, I honestly think there could be some serious injuries in this game. Like this is going to be a powerful game. The way I look at this, this is going to be a close game. So which quarterback do I trust to come back in the fourth quarter if I Big need ben. to or come up bit exactly? So Big I'm going Steelers. It, the, the, I, I honestly, I I'm going to say that Derrick Henry is the deciding factor in this game. I, the Steelers' defense is so good, but I, I think something that the Steelers' defense might have trouble with is trying to figure out what Ryan Tannehill is going to do with the ball. Because while he might not be the most athletically gifted human, what he does have is a very gifted brain, and he he is shown that he can manage a game. So if James Conner plays the full game, I like the Steelers. I think he's he okay. a healthy James it, Conner is the it, deciding he, factor. Yeah, he, he's been playing well, so mm-hmm. I, I can't disagree. Uh, the Seahawks are going to absolutely deserve. Do you remember Baltimore versus the Dolphins week one last week last year? Where the where the Ravens put up like I think fifty like some points or something yeah, like that. It yeah, was something stupid. Yeah. I, I think this is gonna be a lot like that. <laughs> um so I think Russell Wilson should get a week off. Like dead serious. Play the first half. Like I, I But if they're up thirty points at halftime, honestly, yeah, sit him. With this oversaturated quarterback market, every single team like I would argue that the Packers already have this with Jordan Love. Like every single team should have a quarterback that they'd feel comfortable putting in a game if they were up by a bunch. And honestly, if the Packers were up by 30, they would feel comfortable putting Jordan Love in if he was active. I would also like to point out that Seattle's favored by seven as a road team. Yeah, well, um, I'm not really big in on how betting works, but if I could bet that they're going to win by more, I would. So... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, then you just you just put money minus seven on the Steelers or on the Seahawks for sure. Buccaneers yeah. hosting the Chargers. Buccaneers are favored by seven at home. 
I mean, to, yeah, they're going to win this, especially, I mean, if Herbert plays, I think it's going to be somewhat close, maybe 10, maybe a two score um, game. I could see. But. I have actually, I I've done a little research and I've, I've talked to a family friend about this injection. So, um, that, that Tyrod Taylor had a misfortune with, mm-hmm. um, so they actually say it's about like a one in a hundred chance of it happening. So yeah, no, it, it happens. If you and think it's, about, if you think about how frequently these injections are given, that's pretty frequent. Yeah, no, it's it's not like the Chargers messed up. Like the Chargers, it wasn't like the the doctor made a huge mistake that no one Which else is ever makes. Something that got put on a microscope immediately based on some of the decisions they've made with injured players in the past. Correct. So, um, but yeah, I'm definitely going. I I think the Buccaneers will go probably go three and one here. Yeah, and Tyrod could still be out another three four weeks because yeah. the way that lungs work really sucks. Because they basically what they do is they heal themselves but they, they work on their own schedule. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just have to sit and wait. And when you're Justin Herbert, like the, the amount of pressure that you have as a rookie quarterback on a team that could possibly make the playoffs, that, that, that is a lot of pressure to have to go under. Cause you don't know if you're going to be starting next week. So you have to go in each week pretending like you're the starter. I'll say this even more than last week. If Justin Herbert somehow pulls this out, I mean, he wins the starting job in my like easy. You know what? As, just as a coach, I still think you give Tyrod Taylor his first start back. Oh, God, because no. If he beats the I, if he what? goes and if he goes and beats Tom Brady, he's gotta have the starting job. I mean, I Tyrod Tyrod barely I, I, beat the Bengals. Okay. So I'm gonna look at this like the way that you look at the Buccaneers. I, I honestly I don't know how impressed I am with the Buccaneers right now. And not <laughs> so I how much does a win against Tom Brady really mean right now? I uh, significantly less than less. What's that face for? I just looked at the next odds. <laughs> oh, we, well, we talk- long story short, I, I think Tyra Taylor should get his job back just because of how, just based on how I think it should work. But I understand why Herbert should keep it. <laughs> we talk about big margins as a road team. The Ravens are favored by 13 and a half. I was about to say, are you talking about the, the Ravens and Washington's game? 13 so, and a half as a road team against Washington. Once again, I I take I I take uh I, I think I take Baltimore on that one. But if what anyone, if D, what if D-Hass comes out and has a wild game? Uh he's not going to, not against the Ravens defense, but which I actually <laughs> should have remembered when I talked about the best defense in the league there, because I think them and Pittsburgh have the two best defenses in the league. Yeah. Um uh, but I mean, if anyone can slow down the Ravens running game, it is this young and hungry defensive line and, you know, secondary for like, like a Landon Collins who can hit hard and he's really good in the run game. They could slow down Baltimore, but I don't think that, I mean, no. they're gonna, they're gonna, yeah. Um, the Cardinals and the Panthers, I think the Cardinals bounce back. Uh, they're favored as a road team by four points. Uh, but the Panthers just, uh, they really have not looked impressive at all even with a win over the chargers but i'm definitely taking the cardinals here yeah um i I think the panther once they lost christian mccaffrey i think their season kind of went bye-bye but they they still i mean he's bad he's not out for the season well yeah i you have to question how healthy he's going to be the rest of the year because we we know how running backs are with nagging injuries because you the way you get hit so frequently like nothing especially Yeah, nothing heals. And, yeah. like, they aim for your legs. Like, yeah. that's how that works. So, um, I, I, I like the Cardinals in this game, too. I think Kyler Murray is going to come back this week. He's got something to prove that he is a, a, a disciplined quarterback. 
because he he's really trying to prove himself like to, yeah. to the football community what he can do so mm. Uh, we briefly mentioned this game, Vikings-Texans. If the Vikings don't win this, they need to change something. I actually – oh, That might man. be – in one week, you might see a coach, a quarterback, and a quarterback change. Like, if you, you would have – You could see it in one week. If you would have told me that the Vikings and the Texans would be meeting each other, both 0-3, I don't think I would have believed it. Uh, oh man, I don't know who to even pick here. Uh, the Texans looked impressive, but the Vikings also looked impressive in a loss. I think I'm gonna. Uh, I, I, I Vikings. Ah, I disagree, my friend. I I, I think <laughs> the the way I look at NFL teams is if you can't figure out which team is gonna win, you pick the team with the better quarterback. And fair enough. And I, uh, that's Cook, not though. even that's I don't care. And the receiving core I like better. I don't care. You got to get the ball to the guy catching it. And Alexa, flip a coin. Flipping. It's All right. I am going with the road team and the Vikings. I'm sticking with it. All right. Well, you're going to hate that digital coin you just flipped. <laughs> it's not like that game matters. No. <laughs> uh, Giants Rams. Uh, the Rams are favored by 11 and a half. I will take which that. Is, which is saying something because the the, uh, the Rams have looked well, impressive. They're two and one. Their yeah. only loss is to Buffalo. Yeah, well, and that's a Buffalo team that is not playing like a team from Buffalo, New York. So, um, I, I like the Rams to I, run away with this one. I, I don't know if 11. I don't know if it's going to be 11 and a half. I, they're going to beat them pretty handily, and it might be. It might be one of those like close games that feel a lot more distant. But I, I think that the Giants and D Jones are just going to kind of hang out. And Let's remember out. that Kyle Shanahan with Nick Mullins at quarterback just handily beat these Giants. I think Jared Goff with Sean McVay and that offense are going to handily beat these Giants. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, wait, wait, where's the where's the game being played? Where where is it? It's in LA. It's at the new stadium. Okay, good. Good thing it's not in the Meadowlands. That oh Thursday night is that? Please tell me that that's in the Meadowlands. On what is um, arguably the, the worst yes, field it in is. football. Yeah, yes, the it is. worst field in football. <clears throat> um, for the worst football game on the worst field. That's going to be so great. Patriots, Chiefs. I expect the Chiefs to – yeah, I expect the Chiefs to win that. Cam Newton would have okay. to out-throw Patrick I was about, Mahomes. I was about to say, what ends up happening here if if the Patriots end up winning this game? Because if there's any team that's not in like that top tier of teams that's going to beat the Chiefs, it's going to be the Patriots. Because, yeah, I, it, I mean, it could happen. I don't think it's a guaranteed. Kansas City is favored by seven at home. I, I, it's not guaranteed, but I, do, I, I, I just trust both sides of the ball way more than for Kansas City. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think Patrick Mahomes hasn't played well enough to his own standards. So I think that's enough for him to kind of be like, okay, time to get this shit started. I think it is going to be close because Bill Bel- Bill Belichick knows how to coach against Mahomes. We've seen Man, it in the past. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, I still I still expect that talent to uh, outshine that. The Bills and the Raiders. I think the Bills are definitely winning this. They're favored by two and a half as the road team. Yeah, I I really don't see Derek Carr doing enough, but I like he does so much already. I don't think he can do. En- enough more to push the team farther 
I think Josh Allen in this offense against that defense is going to put up a lot of points. Yeah. (laughs) I love my fantasy quarterback and the Eagles and 49ers. Oh, Sunday night. No, I I, I have a chance. Yes. I have a challenge for both the Eagles and the 49ers. They both should start quarterbacks. We've never heard of before and see who wins because you know, what's going to happen. The 49ers are going to win by 40. Because yeah, the, the 49ers, 49ers are, are going to destroy the 49ers are going to destroy in this game, no matter who they play at quarterback. Because Carson Wentz is playing like shit. That's not a great start. But like the Eagles <clears> just aren't playing like a team. They're not cohesive. No. They're out of control. They're, they're, there's no patience on offense. Carson doesn't know how to run a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, are they missing Nick Foles right now? I'm surprised that they're that the 49ers are only favored by six, honestly. <laughs> The only reason they're favored only by six is because they don't have the regular starting quarterback. And the game I'm obviously looking forward to the most Falcons visiting the Packers on Monday night football Uh, Packers are favored six and a half. And I think that's, I'm in easy lock. I think the Packers are going to, I think Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they, I think they have the most points. I think accumulative through the first three weeks, I think the Seahawks just squeezed them out. We'll see, still see what, Monday night brings, but I mean, they had 37 points again this week. Uh, it's the most points through three games in uh, Packers uh, history. I, I mean, they're going to, they're going to absolutely shred this Falcons defense. Yeah. Um, I, I'm more worried. So watching the Packers defense today, it, it, it's getting more and more evident the holes that they're trying to fill that Blake Martinez filled single-handedly. But I like um, the way that the guys stepped up, I, though. I do, too. I really do, too. And here, here's and the other thing. Uh, my takeaway from the game and moving into this Atlanta game, we couldn't stop the run, but yeah. I'm not I, – I think we can slow down Gurley enough and we can build up enough lead where we are – we're going to struggle against Julio and Calvin Ridley, but I, I, I'm not as worried because I think Jair – You know where I'm going with this because my thing is I, I'm really worried about Todd Gurley because what's going to end up happening – I'm worried that either the receiving core or Gurley is going to catch fire. And the problem that the Packers have <laughs> is they're really good at stopping one yeah. and somewhat containing the other. And it's, it's never both at the same time. But, but you have to look at what the, what the potential game script is. If the Falcons go down 21, nothing in the first quarter or even in the first like 16, 17 minutes that yeah. they're going to have to throw the ball and Todd Gurley isn't going to have a chance to get going. Yeah, which is that's going to be our biggest advantage because surprisingly, our backfield's been looking pretty good. I mean, surprisingly, I wasn't expecting it to be that good this year because you know, there's youth. So, whenever I see youth in football, I'm like, but good coaching is prevailing, obviously. So, I, I would they also know where to be. I also do need to mention when you have a fourth down and one, Green Bay. Don't start. Don't put Aaron Jones in. If anything, put Jamal in. But fucking put in the thick ass running back that you drafted in the second round. Fucking use AJ Dillon on a fourth and one. Jesus Christ, that pissed me off. <laughs> don't let him get all dressed up and never use him. Like that was seriously, ridiculous. like how many? Yeah, I, I see him on the sideline all the time too. It's like he's not just there as a blocker. Like he can actually play. Yeah. So yeah, um, I I just yeah, the Packers are gonna win by a bunch. Yeah. All right. Well, there's our predictions. So no, and it's no. 12:30 a.m. I, I, I'm gonna be up in five hours. I have been up for 
18 and a half hours now. <laughs> yeah. I need to go to bed, but I still need to edit this podcast. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank you all for listening. No podcast later this week. We'll be back next Sunday night. You got it all in one sitting this time. We did get it all in one sitting. So I apologize for the long podcast. There's all your content. Just split it up into two if you want to. I don't know what to tell you, um, but you're already here. So you're already shit out of luck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at FRKO Podcast. I'm at Howard J. Dingers. Hanson is at Hanson McLevane. Links are in the description below. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast from. That includes apps like GoodPod and apps like uh, Amazon Music. We're all over the, literally all over the place. Um, so, and share us with your friends. If your friends are sports fans, we're trying to grow. So I would really, really appreciate it. And I appreciate you for listening. We will see you next Sunday. Good night and goodbye. Still can't help with the disposition of just a young college kid with all the privilege. Trust beyond belief, so can trust going through the villages. Keep an image of Priscilla with the J Dilla Dilla need a Another dollar, dollar in Manila, so vanilla with a swirl, let the blade run. Tongue drip sliced down the middle of our nation. Heebie-jeebies, we already had this conversation. Kept me busy since day one, accusations. Pockets gained a little weight, like my ex-bitch. Still the only bricks that I've been stacking, been in Tetris. Never measure up, cause we've been on a different metric. And I don't give a fuck about who the next I fill the is. hole in my soul with Palace Supreme logos. Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo. Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa. I just wanna jump from the top and fly solo. Fill the hole in my soul with Palace Supreme logos. Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo. Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa. I just wanna jump from the top and fly solo.